Well, hey, I know I can't see you, but I know you're out there, and some of you, I know I can see it. I can see it through the camera lens here. Some of you are settling in. You're ready to take a nap on the couch, and I just have to let you know it's not going to happen. Not right now, because we're going to do something interactive. We're going to do something fun here to get started and uh, gather some of your family together. We're going to play a little game, and it's one of my favorite games. It's one of my family's favorite games, and it's a little game called Name That Lyric, all right? You're like, that's not a game. Well, we, Name That Tune is a game. We're going to play Name That Lyric today at home. And so uh, grab some people around you, make it a little competition. First one to blurt it out at home gets the point. There's a possible five points today. And uh, I don't know, maybe the winner has to, uh, the other people at the house have to make the winner breakfast or something like that. Uh, whatever you want to do, go ahead and set uh, your own ground rules at home. If you want to comment along, you can do that as well. And the game again is name that lyric. And so you can, however far into this lyric, you can spit it out. If you know it like word number one somehow miraculously, yell it out. We're going to have a good time. We're going to make this a little bit interactive. And so grab that second cup of coffee. And here we go. All right, so here's the lyric, lyric number one. And I'm not going to actually sing these lyrics because you don't want me to. I'm just going to speak them, okay? I'm going to speak them, and I'm not give you any additional hints, just the lyric. All right, here it is. Little darling, the smiles return into their faces. Little darling, it seems like years since it's been here. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. And I say, it's all right. Who sings that? Name the band. Uh, whoever blurts it out first in your home gets point number one. All right, you have claimed now point number one. Uh, I'm going to give you another second. For those of you that are maybe a little bit slower or might need to Google it, uh, go ahead and do that. All right, it is the Beatles, okay? It's the Beatles, and uh, that is maybe some of your all's favorite Beatles song, and nice classic, love that song. All right, here's the next lyric. So point number two to be had right here. Uh, and we'll just see. It, it could come really fast, all right? I can't not sing this one. I'm going to have to try. Yeah, I'm going to take my horse to the Old Town Road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. I'm going to take my horse to the Old Town Road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. And uh, go ahead. First one, somebody already blurted it out. You had to have by now. If you, you have not been listening to any popular music, if you haven't. And uh, Truthfully, so, so that is Billy Ray Cyrus and Lil Nas X, but truthfully, I like the uh, Stevie Ray Cyrus and Lil Rom X version the best. If you haven't uh, seen that one, it's, it's just blowing up the internet, so you should check that out, and uh, it's out there, the Old Town Road Simplicity version. All right, so somebody maybe at your house has two points, all right? There's still a comeback, three points to be had. Here we go. This one, I'm only giving you four letters, and you're only going to need four letters. And some of you already blurted it out because you know which four letters it is, right? Y-M-C-A is the next one. Y-M-C-A. All right, who was it? Who was it? Shout it out in here because, honestly, I didn't write that one down. Is that, does anybody know what that lyric is? Okay. The village people. All right, see, that I, I, I for some reason, I, yeah, never mind. So that was the one I did not have the answer to, but I was just thinking YMCA. Maybe you were doing that. Bonus points if you could do the YMCA with your whole family and get them involved, all right? YMCA, and that is the village people. If you got uh, that one right, um, you potentially have three points. All right, two more, two more. All right. I am a man of constant sorrow. I've seen trouble all my day. I bid farewell to old Kentucky. 
the place where I was born and raised. The the place where he was born and raised, and that is the Soggy Bottom Boys. If you got that one, good job. Uh, That is a classic. All right, one more to go, one more point to be had. Hope you're having a good time with your family and those hanging out with you today. All right. The taste of love is sweet when hearts like ours meet. I fell for you like a child. Oh, but the fire went wild. That is Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. Good job. All right. Well, hopefully you had a little bit of fun there. And we have been looking at lyrics throughout this entire series. We've been in the middle of this series called Anchored camped out in the Psalms, and it's been a series of ancient lyrics that we've been uncovering, and really the heart of the message has been, how can we, like the ancient writers of these lyrics, how can we seek to anchor ourselves to God in the way that they aim to anchor themselves to God? So I don't know what kind of music you like. You know, when people ask me that question, I truthfully, I like all kinds of music, And I think the answer to that question just depends on the day. I don't know if you're like that, but for me, it depends on the day. It depends on the mood that I'm in. And, you know, certain days call for certain types of music. Certain parts of the day call for certain types of music. If it's the morning, I like to crank up some worship music, maybe have it on YouTube uh, in the living room. When I'm driving down the road, I, I need some classic rock. I don't know why, but the window's down, singing out some of the classics. That just seems to be how you gotta roll. Uh, when I'm working out, I can't be listening to anything quiet. You know, I gotta crank up the volume. I need something heavy like some skillet or some Lecrae, and that becomes my workout jam. Uh, when I'm feeling a little bit reflective, uh, I need some modern folk or some country uh, or some reflective worship. And so the truth is, I like all kinds of music, and I think that life calls for all kinds of music. Life's moments call for all kinds of music. Life is filled with a range of moments, and different music suits those moments. And so the question I really want to pose up for you this morning, and I want you to search your heart for, is what about the current moment of life for you? What music would you say suits the current moment of your life? You know, the Psalms are great because they carry this range of songs. They really are this range of lyrics, and you see this range of emotions, much, much like our lives and much like, I don't know how you answer that question, but maybe uh, the current occasion is singing in the shower to some Taylor Swift kind of a moment. I don't know, you know. Uh, maybe it's a windows down on the highway kind of a moment, or maybe this morning you find yourself singing the blues. In the Psalms, it has all of this range of emotion that we can see, and um, there's psalms of thanksgiving, there's psalms of praise, there's psalms of singing it out in the shower, singing it out loud, and windows down kind of worship. And then there's quieter moments, there's moments of reflection, there's moments of difficulty, and there's moments of lament, and there's songs of lament. Uh, meant to deal with pain, meant to deal with suffering, meant to being honest with those times in our lives when we find ourselves singing the blues. And the truth is, sometimes life calls for lament, doesn't it? It really does. Sometimes joy abounds, and sometimes we just have to sing the blues. And over a third of the psalms are actually songs of lament. Because none of us, we know this, are exempt from singing the blues from time to time. None of us are exempt from lamenting. Sometimes life just calls for lament. Challenges call for lament. 
lamenting really is universal. While our current struggles, the things that we're facing here and now, may be unique, the truth is there's nothing novel about difficulty. There's nothing novel about our suffering. You know, what is common to people of God, though, is not whether we will face challenge. It's how we face challenge when it comes. It's not whether or not we will lament. It's how we will lament when times come, when we find ourselves singing the blues. And this morning, we're going to do a little bit of lamenting. I mentioned that to a few of our team this morning. I said, we're going to lament today. And you're like, well, that sounds really exciting. Here's the good news, though, about biblical lamenting. When we lament in the way the Bible calls us to lament, what it does is it takes us on a path to peace. It takes us on a path to joy. And so that's the thing that separates lamenting in the way that the world laments and the way that we lament is this. It takes us closer to God. It brings us to a place of being anchored to God in a greater way. And so that's what I really want to lead you on that path this morning as we look at Psalm 42. If you have a Bible with you at home or on your phone, we're going to be looking at Psalm 42. And I want to break down some of the lyrics of this song and see what we can learn about how to lament in the way that the, the writers of this psalm lamented, in a way that brings us closer to God, in a way that brings us to a place of greater peace and joy. And there's some things that we can learn from that today. I'm just going to ask for God to guide us as we open up the scripture today. Father, we give you thanks for this morning. We give you thanks for the opportunity to just sing out with joy and sing out, God, the thanksgiving in our hearts, God. But we also give you thanks that you are a God that is big enough to hear the things that grieve our hearts. You're big enough to carry us through those times, God, when we just have to sing the blues. And so I just pray, God, that you would guide us today. I pray for those at home that might be dealing with a unique struggle today. I just pray that you would meet with them in those moments, God, and that you would help us to take some truth uh, from the ancient lyrics that we're going to look at today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to look at some different lines of this lyric and this was written by the sons of Korah. These were cousins of Moses, and we're going to see what it reveals to us uh, in Psalm 42. And so here's the first part of the lyric that I want to look at from verses 1 through 3. And the first lyric that I really want to key in on is, is he says this. They say this, My soul pants for you, O God. My soul pants for you, O God. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? I mean, listen to the descriptive words here in the lyric. It says that he's panting, right? He's panting as a deer. He gives us this analogy of a deer panting for water, as a deer who thirsts for water. You know, there's a few other psalms that really capture this same sentiment. Uh, in another uh, psalm, the sons of Korah write, my soul yearns, it even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. I mean, imagine the imagery there as they cry out to God, as they thirst for God, as they hunger for God. David in Psalm 63 writes, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And so we see this, this longing, this panting, this thirsting, this yearning, this fainting, this earnestness in seeking. The theme is the same. 
they all signal this desperation for something, right? There's this something that our soul is desperate for, something that we're hungry for. And I think that the first thing that we have to acknowledge in our lamenting is the thing that we truly desire, the thing that we're truly hungry for. And the object of that, as followers of Jesus and those who trust in these ancient lyrics, is the object of that is God. He's the one that we're hungry for. He's the one that our soul pants for. And the question is, would you say, as you think about those words, longing, panting, thirsting, yearning, is that the way that you feel about God? Has our affection reached that pinnacle that there is nothing that we want more? Our littlest guy, we've had a few days uh, just hanging specifically with him and uh, uh, just getting to, to hang out with him. And he's growing up. And one of the things that's coolest about our littlest guy, Jude, is he is the hungriest of all the boys. And boys, all of our boys have been hungry. But this guy, he is never more excited than when there's food in front of him. And he gets just hyped up. He has this little laugh that he does, like really like jazzed up about eating and and he is just hilarious and uh, now we kind of have him on the floor and one of the things that he does is you have him down on the floor and he's moving all about he's crawling all over the place is um, he's just all he, he is all over the place finding every crumb I mean you know those robot vacuums that seek out crumbs to devour the Roomba well we actually have found something better and it's called the Joomba and the Joomba uh, he could he could crush any crumb that is in his way and he will find absolutely everything on our floor and uh, He is just like a heat-seeking missile like right to the crumb and I just want to give you this imagery And, and you know just like a, a deer pants for water or like the Jumba chases down a morsel of food That's how we have to continue to orient our lives and our hearts is to this place where we know that the thing that's really going to satisfy us is, more than anything else, is the presence of God. So just like the psalmist right here, my soul pants for you, O God. May we pursue the living God with the same level of intensity, knowing that only then will we truly be satisfied. Jesus tells us the same thing. He says, but those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. You want something that truly satisfied in the middle of your lamenting? Seek God. He's the one that your soul longs for. The next part of this lyric I think that we should key in on here as we think about lamenting in a biblical way is, uh, the writer does something else really key here and important here. He says, I pour out my soul. I pour out my soul. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. In verse 4 it says, How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession of the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. You know, we're not meant to bottle things up. And some of us are guilty of this. Some of us are worse about this than others where we just internalize things. We just kind of deal with things. And then at some point, all that bottling up starts to bubble over in our lives. But pouring out our soul is an important part of our emotional and spiritual health. What it does is it allows us to be honest with God and with ourselves. Not only about what we are facing, but about how we feel about what we are facing. And God wants us to be honest with him. God wants us to be honest with ourselves. And uh, if you, one thing you see throughout the Psalms is there's a lot of honesty in there. And I love it because it's, it's real people like you and me. 
they're just bearing their emotions. They're expressing the things that they're facing, and they're expressing how they feel about what they're facing. And you know, honesty is essential for relationship. If we're going to exist in relationship with God, honesty is essential, isn't it? And think about the important relationships in your life. Don't you want those people to be honest with you? Uh, even if what you're about to hear is not maybe what you w- necessarily want to hear, you still want the people that you love to be honest with you. Uh, and we desire that same thing, and that's what God wants for you. Don't you want that same thing with your child, for your child to, to let you know what they're really dealing with, what they're really wrestling with? Don't you want friendships that get to the heart of the matter? And that's God's desire for us as well. You know, one of the things that I, I've kind of learned over the years as I spend time with people and counseling with people and having uh, conversations with people is usually when you begin a conversation, the thing that they're focused on is not really what they're dealing with. It takes a little while to kind of get down to the heart of the matter. And uh, I had a friend recently say to me as we were uh, chatting, I could just tell something else was going on. And so I kept digging a little deeper. I kept peeling back another layer of the onion. And by the end of it, um, we were talking about what really needed to be talked about. And uh, and she just said to me then, hey, thank you for all the probing questions. I, lo- I love that. And that, I think the reason why that's important is because we have to get to that place, don't we, where we're honest with God and with ourselves so that we can find healing, so that we can find emotional health on the other side of that. And so here's my challenge to you. Pour out your soul to God. He's big enough to handle it. And more importantly, we have a Savior, as Hebrews tells us, that, therefore, since we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. Why? For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. I think an important thing to note here is Jesus poured out his heart, didn't he? And we see these moments in his life. Jesus himself lamented as he suffered. He called out to the Father in his hour of greatest need, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was even quoting a lyric of Psalm as he did that. And I just love, I don't know about you, but I love that we have a Savior that we can actually relate to, one who has actually suffered, one who has actually faced pain, who can understand our pain in a greater way. John Stott once wrote, I could never myself believe in God if it, weren't, if it were not for the cross. In the real world of pain, how could one worship a God who was immune to it? God himself was not immune to pain. In fact, he stepped into our world. He stepped into our pain. He was not insulated from it. He understands our weaknesses. And so you have a God like that that you can pour out your heart to. Our God is a good God. So pour out your heart to him, knowing he can relate to us in every way. And the next thing that we do is we remember the strength of God. So we see that he's pouring out his heart, but he's also remembering. And the next lyric as we go on here in Psalm 42, 6 through 8, my soul is downcast within me. So we see some more of that honesty. Therefore, because of that, in light of that, I remember you from the land of Jordan and from Hermon and from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. And I just love that. What does he do as his soul is downcast? He remembers all God's faithfulness of the past. 
He remembers who God is. And David asserts the same when he says, Praise the Lord, my soul, forget not all his benefits. I think just going through the list of all God's benefits and all that he has done for us in the past has a way of drawing us through this season of lament to the hope on the other side. It's one of the ways that we steer, steer through the storm, storm is by uh, remembering. And lamenting allows us to remember God's faithfulness, which begins to turn our emotional station. It begins to cue a new song in us. A couple days ago, when all these storms were hitting the area, we, uh, we were getting ready to head out in the truck. And uh, we, we jumped all, our whole family was in the truck. We, had, we were delivering a Mother's Day present to my mom. And so we had this big barn door that I had built. Everything strapped down in the truck. And my truck is just, I mean, it's not a huge truck. So the entire family's in there. We're crouched together. And right as that's happening and we're all getting settled in, the storm just erupts. And lightning is crashing. We're out on the road now and driving down the road. And my kids in the back are, like, visibly shaken uh, by all of it. They're, like, afraid. And they're, like, you know, Aiden's getting really worked up and Eli's getting worked up. And all of a sudden, in the middle of that, Eli just looks at me and, and he says, Dad, are you afraid? And I just... I, took, I, I stopped up at this next stop sign. I looked back at him. I said, no, buddy, I'm not afraid. And then I asked him a question. I said, are you afraid? And he goes, no, I'm not afraid either. And I love that because here he is as my child. He's getting his confidence from me, right? He's looking to me for a source of confidence. And the truth is, as he said, I'm not afraid, he wasn't afraid anymore. And he had had this renewed confidence in him. And I hope that he looks to me for confidence for a long time. But the truth is, there is a far greater source of confidence that we all have access to. There is someone far more capable behind the wheel of our life. And God is our confidence. And as we lament, may we remember his power. We remember the things of the past and how he's walked us through previous storms, which will then instill our confidence for our present situation and the future, the uncertain future out in front of us. The songwriter in Psalm 42 says, remembers God's faithfulness, and then he says, there's this new song that continues to have, that he continues to sing at night, and God's song is within him, and I just love the visual of that. What if God for you could do that very same thing as you look to him for confidence? What if a new song could just rise up in your heart? as we look to him for confidence. You know, a song that's been on repeat in our house is this new Corey Asbury song, The Father's House, and some of you guys have been listening to it as well. And one of the lyrics is, the story isn't over if the story isn't good. Failure's never final when the father's in the room. Yeah, fa failure's never final when the father's in the room. And so I just want to encourage you, would you let God cue a new song within your heart, a song of confidence and hope, as you look to him for your source of confidence in the middle of your lamenting. The last thing I want to key in on here is really what becomes the chorus for both Psalm 42 and uh, Psalm 43. Psalm 42 and 43 really kind of work as a unit, even though they're individual psalms. Uh, it would have more than likely been one song because we see the chorus repeated. And at the heart of the chorus is this phrase that, uh, that I love. It just says, for I shall again praise him. And so the psalmist is resolving to say, listen, in the middle of my lamenting, I shall again praise him. And it's like his declaration. It's his, almost as if he speaks it over himself. And so here's the chorus. It goes like this. 
Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you at turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And so he acknowledges the difficulty, right? But he says, listen, in light of that difficulty, I'm going to still praise him. I'm going to still have worship on my lips. And there's really this internal wrestling with oneself that we see happening. I don't know how many of you guys are, uh, and, and, and there's one in every crowd. Are you one of the people that likes talks to yourself? Uh, you walk, somebody will walk into a room and you're just like, what are you, who are you talking to? And it's just me. I'm, I'm the one in here and uh, I'm talking to myself. Some of you, that's the way that you think things out is you just talk to yourself. I, I, I'm not one of those people. It all kind of happens in here. There's always talking in my inside my head. Um, and sometimes, just like the psalmist here, um, there's an argument that's going on in my head. Can you imagine if you're the kind of person that argued with yourself out loud like that? Can you imagine if this psalm right here was an out loud kind of an argument? Uh, that would be interesting. It would be a little bit weird. Uh, but there's something healthy about actually doing that. And we see this argument happening within the psalmist. And um, I love the way Dr. Lloyd-Jones puts it in a message that he uh, gave on this particular topic. And uh, he says it so well, I just want to read what he has to say. It's a lengthy portion, but, um, but this is what he has to say. He says, we have to learn, as the psalmist learned, we have to learn how to take ourselves in hand. He is talking to himself. He is addressing himself. It is important to see that this is not the same as morbidity and introspection. We must talk to ourselves instead of letting ourselves talk to us. See the distinction? In spiritual depression, we allow ourselves to talk to us instead of us talking to ourselves. Am I being deliberately paradoxical? Far from it. This is the very essence of wisdom in this matter. Have you realized that so much of your happiness in, in your life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? So this man stands up and he says, Self, listen for a moment. Then you must go on to remind yourself of who God is and what God is and what God has done and what God has pledged himself to do. And then on this great note, defy yourself and defy other people and defy the devil and the whole world and say with the man, I shall yet praise him for he is my God. So you might be in internal panic, but win the argument with yourself. Win the argument with yourself. Make sure that you have the final word with yourself. May that final word be, for I shall again praise him. Give hope the final word. Psalm 43 continues and concludes the song. And just as we conclude today, I want to I read these words over you. I just want you to take a moment and just allow these words to wash over you this morning. May they be your prayer and your hope. Psalm 43 says, this is the message version, Give me your lantern and your compass. Give me a map so I can find my way to the sacred mountain, to the place of your presence, to enter the place of worship, meet my exuberant God, sing my thanks with a harp. Magnificent God, my God, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. 
just want to take a moment and pray for you and really pray that this psalm would really be your reality this morning regardless of what you're facing and then we're going to sing a song that we've been singing the past couple weeks it's called graves in the gardens because that's the kind of god that we worship it's the kind of god that can bring death into life the kind of god that could turn your grave when you thought it was over and turn it into a garden something brand new in your life and so i just want to encourage you rather than again settling in on the couch jump up to your feet clap Raise a, raise a hand up to God and make this song your declaration. Make this your moment of saying, for I shall again praise him. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you that despite the current moment, despite our current reality, despite what we face, God, you are in control. We can look to you and God ask, are you scared? And the answer would be, no, I'm not scared. You're not a God who gets scared. You're not a God that deals with fear, God. You are a God that has unchanging, unshakable confidence, God. May we look to you for our confidence. May we look to you, God, the God who has suffered, the God who was slain, the God who himself lamented. And God, may we find peace in our time of need. And God, I just pray that you would continue to just raise up a new song in our heart. We just have this belief and this faith, God, that there is so much good that is yet to come here in 2020 and the months ahead, God, and really our lives ahead, God. We have that kind of faith because you are our source of confidence. And so, God, we don't lament the way the world laments. We lament, God, as we pursue the hope on the other side and the joy on the other side and the peace on the other side. And I just pray, God, for all your people this morning that you would change that morning into joy, that you would change despair, God, into hope. And God, that you would begin to cue up that new song in their heart. We pray this in Jesus' name. Now we get the opportunity to sing out as we sing graves in the gardens.